Okay, we're going to be studying uh, Pesachim 93, three main topics. Uh, first, uh, if, a, if a person who is far performed Pesach, Pesach anyway, we saw Machloket, Rav Sheshat, and Rav Nachman. We'll see sources, proofs for each one. Then we'll talk about Karet for Pesach Sheni. In other words, you, respond, you didn't do Pesach Rishon, and then if you did all, also neglected to perform Pesach Sheni, uh, is there Karet for that? And the third topic will be how far is considered far so that you don't have to do Pesach Rishon. Okay, regarding the second, I'd like to add something to yesterday. Uh, we, I explained the Mishnah and the Gemara according to Rashi yesterday. Uh, but Sam actually asked a good question. What is the Peshat of the Mishnah? Because if you read it uh, the way we did yesterday, um, the, the last clause is very difficult. It talks about Tamen Derech Rechoka. If you don't do it, you can perform Pesach Sheni. Shogeg or Ones. Also, you could do Pesach Sheni. So what's the difference between them? Since either way, you can still do Pesach Sheni. Uh, so the answer is, uh, Well, now, which one, if you're talking about Karet of Pesach Rishon, which is how we interpreted it yesterday, that's how Rashi interprets it, um, then, I mean, uh, none of these people should get Karet for missing out on Pesach Rishon. Either they had a good excuse, or they were honest or shogeg. And so that's what the Gemara has to add in. Oh, he's also Chayav. They, st- they stick in a, um, a mezid. They stick in a mezid. Uh, so that's uh, d- difficult to uh, uh, explain as the Peshat of the Mishnah. Harambam has a, a different explanation. Uh, according to Rambam, the karet that is talking about is karet for Pesach Sheni. So in other words, if the Tameh or Derech Rechoka, since they had a good excuse mandated in the Torah, for not doing Pesach Rishon, if they then do not perform Pesach Sheni, they should. If they don't, they don't get karet. However, Shogeg or Ones, um, and they didn't do Pesach Rishon, then they really need to do Pesach Sheni. They don't have that special excuse mentioned in the Torah. If they neglect to do Pesach Sheni on purpose, then they, those two do get karet. So that's the difference between the first and the second. This karet is talking about Pesach Sheni. Uh, not Pesach Rishon. Uh, so that's how Rambam explains it. The difficulty with Rambam is that it doesn't say anything about Pesach Sheni here, the Karet part, right? I mean, you might, might should have kind of clarified that. But the truth, the truth is today, you'll see in the Gemara, in the Gemara on this stuff that it does discuss in detail Karet for Pesach Sheni. So it's, uh, therefore, it is a possible explanation of the Mishnah. Okay, I mean, the paradox is that Shogeg and Ones should be more Hamur than Tamen Derech Rechoka. But Rambam, I think, could defend himself saying, the Pasuk specifically says, if you're Tahor and you're not, and you're close by, and you still don't do Pesach Rishon, and you don't do Pesach Sheni, then Karet. So that, therefore, the Shogeg and Ones could actually be more uh, stringent than Tamen Derech Rechoka, where the Torah specifies that they have an exemption uh, uh, at least for Pesach Rishon. Okay, so that's, uh, I think, will be, that is, is helpful. And uh, now we're going to go back to Rav Sheshat and Rav Nachman. If we remember, Rav Nachman said that if, uh, you, if you're far away, you don't have to uh, uh, do Pesach Rishon, but let's say you want to anyway, and you send a messenger and say, hey, can you do Shechita for me? I'm far away. And they do Shechita for me. And then you show up later and you eat it uh, later at night. Rav Nachman says, Hursa, it's acceptable. Rav Sheshat said, no. Uh, so first, uh, Rav Sheshat cites a, a proof 
What's my, how do I know my, my, uh, my decision? Since the Pasuk regarding Pesach Shani mentions these two categories, that means they should be similar. We're going to see actually everyone agrees that they are, should be similar. But you know, what, what's the status of both? Just like someone who is Tameh, um, who uh, technically has the means to do Pesach Rishon. He could send someone uh, to do it for him. He's right there. He's in Jerusalem. Uh, and yet he may not do it. So too, who, even if he has the possibility physically to send someone for him and show up later, nevertheless, it's not good. The Torah says they, both of these categories may not perform Korban Pesach, even through someone else. That's the, the proof of Rav Sheshad, based on Rabbi Akiva. But Rav Nachman, how would Rav Nachman respond to that? Rabbi Akiva, le says, you're following Rabbi Akiva. I don't have to agree with Rabbi Akiva. Because what did he say? You're assuming that someone who's Tameh may not send someone to do Korban Pesach. I don't agree to that. Rabbi Akiva says, uh, says that. So someone who became Tameh Sheretz and they didn't go to the Mikveh yet. Um, can they send someone to do uh, Korban Pesach? Then they'll go to the Mikveh after the, after the Pesach is performed and then they'll eat at night. Rabbi Akiva said no. So that's why Rav Sheshat could quote him as being the same as Derech Rechoka. Now, Rav Nachman says, I think one can, someone who's Tamer Sheretz in the morning, he can ask someone else, can you do Korban Pesach for me? Then after it's Dushachitan uh, Zerika, he goes to the Mikveh before nightfall, and then he eats it, and he thinks it's fine. So too, Derech Rechoka, he can send someone, I'm going to show up later at night just to eat it. And that's fine also. So you see, both agree that the Tameh and Derech Rechoka are the same. And Rav Nachman thinks that both of them can do, even though, even though they don't have to. They can push it off to Pesach Shani, but they can do Pesach Rishon if they want. Rav Sheshat says, no, neither can do it. All right, now, next we have a proof for Rav Nachman. Tanu Rabbanan, Elu Sheni. The following uh, may... Uh, perform Pesach Sheni, they're exempt from Pesach Rishon. Hazabin uh, v'hazavot, so male and female zab, right, who have an abnormal emission. Mesorain mesoraot, male and female uh, lepers. Nidot uboale nidot. Any woman, that's interesting, any woman who's nida cannot do Pesach Rishon, uh, which means, you know, times of the Bet Mikdash, that would be, uh, um, you know, a, a, a third or, or so of women wouldn't be able to do it. Um, uh, this is interesting because that means they would have to do Pesach Sheni. Uh, however, uh, Pesach Sheni would be the same time of the month. So they probably wouldn't be able to do that one either. Baal uh, Enidot, the man who sleeps with the Nida is prohibited. Besides being prohibited, also the man becomes Tameh. Behayoladot, someone who had a, a child, recently gave, gave birth to a child. She is also Tameh for seven days, 14 days. Um, if you did it um, uh, by a mistake or uh, out, of, out of one's control or on purpose, they did not do Pesach Rishon. Also, that's referring to someone who's far away. All these people may do Pesach Sheni. 
basically every possibility. So why does the Torah bother to specify Tameh uh, when there's all, all uh, every other possibility also? Tameh meaning Tameh uh, but uh, any other kind of Tumah. So why does the Torah specify that? Um, okay, the yellow is the Gemara interjects an answer. So it's a little confusing, it interjects the discussion. Uh, so I just want to read the Baraita as it, as it was. So why does it say Tameh? So the Torah specifies Tameh specifically. Well, Torah specifies Derech and Choka also. So maybe the maybe the Beraita means to uh, include both. So why specify those to say that these two, one would not receive Karet. Now, not receive Karet for what? For the first one um, or for the second one? So based on the Rambam that we read, it would mean the second one. If they didn't do Tamen Derech they didn't do the first because they don't have to. The Torah says you don't have to. And then if they purposely didn't do the second, they still would not get Karet. Um, whereas all the other ones would, right? That's how Nabam would explain this Baraita. Um, okay, in any case, now the Gemara interjects and says, what do you mean? Lama ne'emar? Why is the, why is the Baraita asking, why does it say Tameh? We have a ready answer. To teach that if they wanted to do the first one, we do not let. Someone who's Tameh, they cannot do the first one. Um, also, what, no, really what it's asking is, why can't, why does the Torah specify Answer is, so that they will be patur from karet. Notice that the Baraita does not answer that if they wanted to do the first, we don't let them. See, that would be Rav Sheshat. Since the Baraita does not say that, that's a proof for Rav Nachman. That's Rav Nachman who says you can perform the uh, you can perform Pesach Rishon if they wanted. So that's the proof. Since the Baraita quotes the reason reason why it says mentions Tameh, uh, it really is should be Tameh also because we just learned that according to Rav Nachman, either Tameh or Derech Rechoka, if they want, they don't have to perform Pesach Rishon, but if they want to, they can. And so since the, the Baraita does not give that answer uh, that the Torah specifies those to teach you that they can't do it, and in which case it would be a proof of Rav Sheshat, instead it gives a different answer that proves that the Baraita follows Rav Nachman that in fact these two categories may uh, perform Pesach Rishon if they want. <clears throat> okay, so that's the uh, proof for Rav Nachman. Now that you mentioned these, uh, the, the woman here, um, and it says all these women who are Tameh, they can do Pesach Sheni. Hold on, now we, uh, that we go back to the woman's obligation to Pesach, for Pesach Sheni. Isha b'sheni memechayeva v'hatanya. Or do these women, or women in general, chayav in Pesach Sheni? We have another b'rayta that says, Yachol lo yehu osin et ha-sheni, ela temeh nefesh v'shaya b'derech rechoka, zavinu mesorain, u'bo'alea nidot minayin, tamodomar ish ish. The Gemara asks, um, uh, right, can, uh, is, uh, um, <clears throat> um, the Gemara asks, I might have thought maybe only someone uh, impure, only can do Pesach Shani, as the Torah, as the Torah said, right? Can it be that only Tamemet and not all these other men? Notice how it only, only mentions men, right? Tamem Nefesh, right, we know that. Derech uh, um, but how about the others? All these are men. Therefore, it says every single man to include all of these. So you see from the wording in this Baraita that it's only including men, that they could do Pesach Sheni, not women. So how come the Baraita up here mentioned that all, all Nidot and Zavot and Mesaraot, they can also do it? 
מלאה קשה, הדה בי יוסף, הדה בי יהודה ודבי שמעון. Oh, must be that the first Badaita was Rabbi Yosef. Remember back a couple of days ago, Rabbi Yosef said that women may perform uh, Pesach Sheni, whereas Rabbi Yudan and Rabbi Shimon said they do not uh, uh, join in and may not do Pesach Sheni. So their second Badaita is following Rabbi Yudan and Rabbi Shimon. Okay, so that explains the contradiction. All right, so that finishes that topic. And now the next topic is Karet for Pesach Sheni. We're going to have three different opinions. Tenora Banan, Chayav Karet al Harishon, Vechayav Karet al Hashenit Dibrei Rebi. So if someone is either or, if they neglected to do Pesach Rishon, they get Karet. If they neglect to do Pesach Sheni, they also get Karet. He doesn't seem to think that you would get cut it twice. You can only get like max one. Um, but no, if you neglected either one, in other words, if you, did, if you didn't do Pesach Rishon on purpose, let's say, you get cadet, even if you perform Pesach Sheni, right? Um, and if you didn't do Pesach Rishon for a good reason, fine, you wouldn't get cadet for that. But then you don't do cadet for the second, you don't do Pesach Sheni, you would, you would get cadet for that. So um, you get for either or. One would only get cadet for Pesach Rishon and not for neglecting Pesach Sheni. Uh, so he says that as long as you do one or the other, you wouldn't get karet. In other words, if a person didn't do Pesach Rishon, we hold off on any, on any karet. If they do Pesach Sheni, then that will, that will uh, fix his, his, um, uh, the fact that he didn't do Pesach Rishon. So as long as you do one or the other, that's, that's fine. Whereas Binatan says, Karet is on the, on the first one and has nothing to do with the second. Okay, we're going to see the differences between each of them. Let's say someone converted after Pesach Rishon, but before Pesach Sheni, or someone became Bar Mitzvah after the first and uh, uh, before the second. So that, that person never had an obligation to do Pesach Rishon. So now Pesach Sheni is a makeup. Yeah, but you only do a makeup if you had to do the first one, right? So do you have to do the second one? Chayav la'asot Pesach Sheni, the So the B considers it as two separate obligations. And even if you never were obligated to do the first, you still need to do the second. And if that person doesn't do the second, they get cadet for not doing the second. The second opinion of Natan says, only if you are obligated in the first, then you're obligated in the second. So he would say the kid that got bar mitzvah on the, uh, right, and the end of, end of Nisan, he doesn't have to do Pesach uh, Sheni because he never had to do the first. So what's the essence of their, of their machloket? Pesach Sheni is his own holiday. And so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you didn't do Rishon, you still have to do Sheni, even if you were not, not Jewish at the time. Rabbi Natan says it's a tashlumin. It's a makeup. For the for the for the second one for the first one, so if you were not obligated to the first, then you don't have to do the second. But he doesn't think it's a repair. What does repair mean? Well, that's the third opinion. That it actually can repair a failure to do the first one, uh, so which means 
that the korban brought on the second is not an independent obligation, but a chance to avoid karet, which means, see, according to the Bichanei, is even more mekel, even if a person purposely didn't do the first, um, and then, but does the second, he's out, he's, he's okay, right? He can make, he can uh, fix what he did before. Rabbi Natan says he can't fix what he did before. If you didn't do the first one without, and you didn't have a good excuse, you get karet. Then the second one will be tashlumin, but it doesn't undo the, undo, undo the karet. So both Rabbi Natan and Rabbi agree that you only do the second. If you had to do the first, what they disagree is, was, is if, if karet follows the first independently, or if the second one, um, if it's delayed, and the second one you can undo the mistake that you did in the first, it's a tikkun, not a tashlumin. So that's the three opinions. Now we're going to bring the sources for each of the opinions. All three derive it from the same pasuk. This pasuk. So in other words, if a person was tahor and he was not far away, he was close by, so he had no excuse, and he still didn't do the Pesach. Good. That's, that's pretty clear. That Now what they argue is on the next word, ki, what does the word ki mean, right? Ki can mean a lot, it can have a lot of different explanations. Ki, korban Adonai lo hikrib, So because he didn't sacrifice the korban, the Pesach, at the right time, he will bear the burden of his sin. So is this talking about another punishment in addition to the karet? Or is it referring to the same thing, uh, just in different language? That's going to be the machloket between them. So Rabbi Sabad hadala sota pesach v'nichreta de la'abad pesach rishon. The first half of the pasuk is talking about pesach rishon, that's karet. The second half of the pasuk, pasuk says, and if he also didn't do the second one, then cheto yisa is another reference to a karet. Now, Wait, how does he know? It just says he will bear his sin. Who said that bear sin means karet? He's going to learn it from somewhere else. Um, regarding someone says, Ish, Ish, Ki, Kalel, Elohav, so someone who uh, the Gemara says blesses God because we don't want to, it's a euphemism, we don't want to say, right? So, okay, so someone who is uh, so that person says that's the same language as the second half of the Pasuk and Karet. And in Megadef, there's two explanations. So, what is Megadef? Um, uh, some say it means that one gives praise to an uh, to idolatry. Uh, that's the next opinion. Rabbi, however, thinks that megadef means the same as right as mevarech et Hashem, the same as this pasuk yikalel elohav. Therefore, since the pasuk in Bimibad here it says karet specifically, and it's the same sin as this one, so therefore yikalel elohav is also karet. The words nasach et o means karet. Therefore, the word nasach et o in the pasuk over here also means karet. And since the second half of the pasuk is referring to Pesach Sheni, so there you go. You can, that's another uh, liability of karet. So if either he uh, neglected the first or the second, according to the B, uh, one gets karet. Vegamar hai cheto dehacha mehai 
He learns the word regarding Karet, regarding Pesach, from the word regarding Mevarechet Hashem. Okay, so that's how the B explains the Pasuk. He thinks the word, he, he, he also learns it from the second of the Pasuk, but he thinks that the word ki means um, because, and he means it as follows. Why does he get karet? So we could read it here. Right, person who was close by and he was tahor and he doesn't do Pesach Rishon, he gets karet because he didn't do it at the right time. Therefore, chet o yisa. So in, that, that, in other words, it's the, he gets karet for Pesach Rishon independent of Pesach Shini. Even if he makes it up, it doesn't help because he missed the first one. So hai chet o yisa, my abed le. Okay, according to him, this word chet o yisa, right? Doesn't he have to agree that that's a second uh, punishment, right? Another karet? No, he doesn't think so. Kasabar. He thinks that the pasuk up here, Megadef, is talking about praising idolatry. It's not the same as Mevarech et Hashem. So that karet, leave out. We don't forget this pasuk at all. It's not, not, not relevant uh, to us. All we have is this pasuk, and so now the question is, what is Nasach et We don't know what it is. Well, we'll actually learn it from Pesach. Um, uh, in our Pasuk, in, uh, regarding Pesach Shani, since it says in the first of the Pasuk, Karet, and the second half of the Pasuk says, Chet Oyisa, so Chet Oyisa is referring to the same Karet as the first half of the Pasuk. It's not a second punishment. Um, so um, based on our Pasuk, we know Chet Oyisa means Karet, and our pasuk is actually the source for the for Mekalel Elohav that that also is karet. But but I can use it that way because it's not a, it's um, this cheto yisa is not its own independent sin. According to the B, it's an independent sin, and we don't know what it is. That's why we need Megadef to come teach us both of them. But in this scenario, we don't need it because it's referring to the same thing as the first half of the pasuk. All right, that's what Binatan. He learns the word key as if, uh, the word, uh, meaning if. Um, so it, it, the person who did not do Pesach Rishon gets karet if and only if he does not do the Korban Hashem at the right time, meaning in Pesach Sheni. So his neglect to do Pesach Rishon um, we will not get punished yet unless he also neglects to do Pesach Sheni. Just one or the other will, will help him out. What does he do with the words not the same as what Rabbi Natan did. It's not an independent uh, punishment. It's the same punishment as the first half of the Pasuk. Okay, good. So that's now, we, now how we learn all of them. Now we'll show the practical differences between them. So now, according to everyone, if someone purposely did not do Pesach Rishon, and on purpose, he doesn't do Pesach Sheni, he sin, purposely sins for both, everyone would agree that that person is Chayav Karet. 
Shagag bazeh bazeh dibrakol patur. If he by, by mistake he forgot the date, he forgot Pesach Rishon, he forgot Pesach Sheni too, and by mistake he missed both. Everyone would agree patur. He wouldn't get karet. You don't get karet if you do something on purpose. Um, the interesting cases are one or the other. Hezid barishon veshagag besheni. On purpose he missed out the first, and but then he really meant to make up on Pesach Sheni, but he just forgot the date. Let it be or to be Natan Mehayebe. According to the B, for sure he's Chayav, he's Chayav no matter what. According to the B, Natan is Chayav on the first, independent of the second. Will be Chananev and Akabia Patur. According to be Chananya, he's Patur because he destroyed into the first, but he doesn't get punishment because he can still do the second. The second he meant to do it, but he didn't get a chance. So therefore, he's Patur from both. Shagag Barishon Bezid Bashani. Let it be chayav. If he by mistake they missed the first one, um, but then on the second one, even though he had a chance to make it up, he says, "No, I'm purposely not going to do it." The B says that the second one's an independent holiday, and so he gets karet just for the second. According to the others, since the first one he was shogeg, so the second one is only a makeup or a fix of the first one. So therefore, it doesn't matter. You, you know, one, one does not get karet uh, um, independently for the second. All right, that was very interesting. I was thinking of every possible logical uh, outcome. And now we get to the next Mishnah. Uh, how far do you need to be to be considered far uh, and, and exempt from Pesach Rishon? says from Modi'im, Modi, this is what Modi'im, we call it Modi'im, uh, and it's, uh, we know some people that live there. So um, it's uh, from, from there, from Jerusalem to there. That's the, that's the edge. And the same radius all around. So anywhere within this circle, we expect you to be in Yerushalayim and do Pesach Rishon. If you live outside, then you're not obligated. Uh, the Torah is not going to uh, 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 trouble a person so much that they have to travel. And it's nice if they do, but they, uh, they're considered uh, That's the uh, stringent opinion. Very surprising. He says actually from the Temple Mount and outside is considered right from the threshold of the temple courtyard and beyond is outside. So the threshold is a fence that goes around. If you're out, if you're in that on Pesach on 14th in the afternoon, then you have to do Pesach Shani. Then you have to do Pesach Rishon. If you're outside, right? If you're like, you know, even uh, where the, you know, just, uh, just uh, uh, on the Temple Mount outside or out in Jerusalem, you don't have to do it. That's called Derech Rechoka. Okay, that's quite surprising because basically that's everyone, right? It's very easy to, um, to push off to Pesach Sheni. Is backing up to be Eliezer. Maybe you know he realizes that we're surprised at this explanation, but he says this is why there's a nikuda on the he. If you look in the Sefer Torah, and here's a copy on the word rechoka, there's a nikuda on the he. There's ten places in the Torah, words in the Torah that have nikudot on them. And these nikudot, what does this nikudot mean? And there's ancient scribal practice that, um, let's say, uh, you, you find this in the Dead Sea Scrolls. If you write a if you write a word and you realize it's a mistake, 
So they didn't have whiteout in then back then. So they put dots on top, and that shows it's a neat way of saying this word doesn't doesn't belong. Okay, that was a widespread widespread uh, scribal practice. So in the Torah, it doesn't mean exactly that, but it does mean that there's something uh, suspicious about this word. You have to limit the impact of the word in some way. Um, so like uh, when Esav uh, hugs Yaakov, right, and kisses him, there's word that letters on that. So that's a hint to, yeah, he kissed him, but he didn't really kiss him. He didn't really mean it, right? So it's an interpretive hint to limit the, the word. So here, since we have a letter, a dot on top of, it's true on top of the letter, but it might be just erase that letter or maybe erase the whole word or read it as if it's not there. So if it's tamela nefesh o if someone is on the way, it doesn't have to be rechoka. And so by uh, removing rechoka or reading the as if it's not there, so that would explain it would be Eliezer's opinion because you're not far away, but you're not there. So if you're not there, you're also patur. All right, that's really fascinating. Um, that's the Mishnah. And the Gemara. Amar Ola, min hamisha How far is it exactly uh, from uh, uh, Jerusalem to Modi'im, it's 15 mil. Uh, mil is uh, a thousand uh, steps or double steps. It's about a kilometer. It might actually come from the same thing. Kilo is a thousand. Mil is also um, like millimeter uh, is also a thousand. Definitely comes from Latin. Um, and so, right, a thousand double steps, uh, about 3,000 something, 500 feet or so. Uh, so that's how far it is. Sabar la kihad amar ba bar bar hana amar biochanan kama mehalech adam bayom. Now we can calculate it as follows: How 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 far can a person, average person, walk in a day? Asara parsaot ten parsangs. That's a Persian word, um, which is forty mil. So and it breaks down as follows: milin. From dawn to sunrise, a person can walk five mil. At the end of the day, from a sunset until nightfall, uh, also five. So you got five in the beginning and the day, and five all the way at the end of the day. So that's 10. So it's 40 altogether. So there's 30 left over in the middle of the day. Split them in half. So 15 meal from, the, from sunrise until midday. And another 15 from midday till sunset. Okay, it's a little imbalanced because it seems that from dawn to sunrise is, uh, you know, an hour or so, and yet you're doing five meal there, but then the six hours later, you're only doing 15. Okay, I guess you may be taking a break uh, for lunch. Uh, in any case, Ula, you see, is actually very consistent because he also says, what do you call um, anytime you cannot get to Jerusalem by the time of Shechita, assuming that you leave after noon. Since the obligation to do Shechita begins at noon, that's the earliest possible time you can do it. So Torah's not expecting you to go get a plane ticket, a cruise from two months before and right get there. Um, the obligation begins at noon. That's when you actually need to stand up and start walking to Jerusalem to do it. If you can get to Jerusalem in time within that six hour window from noon till sunset, then you definitely have to go. 
But if you even if you leave at noon, you won't get there. Then that's called derech rechoka. And so, how far is that? Well, that's uh, uh, how far can one walk from noon till sunset? 15 mil. There you go. So that actually fits. Modi'im is 15 mil away. Now we understand why that city specifically um, is because it fits with Ula's general theory. Okay, now you just you just mentioned that uh, we can we can walk five mil uh, before sunset. What's the source for that? When the angels wanted to come and take Lot out of Sedom, so they went to him, meaning at the at dawn, and they said, "Come on, come on, we gotta get we gotta get going. The city is gonna be destroyed." And then, okay, they got him out. And when the sun rose, that Lot and his family were in Sa'ad. So they made the journey from Sidom to Sa'ad between Alot Ashachar and Netzachama. I went there, I tried it out, I walked it, I measured it, and in fact, it is five mil from Sodom to Sa'ad. So that's the source that we know that a person can walk five mil um, from uh, dawn till sunrise. Excellent. Gufa. Okay, now that we mentioned Ola, we're going to quote the full context and real and see that actually there's a machloket in this regard. Amar Ula. So Ula says you can you're considered far away if it would be impossible for you to get to Jerusalem uh, in time to do shechita, meaning you have to get there before sunset. But Rabbi Yehuda, Mar Kol She'en Yachol Likanes Peshat Achila, he's he's much more he's well, he's much more he gives a much bigger distance that if you cannot get there in time to eat it, then you're far away. Well, how long is that? Uh, well, you can eat it all night. Well, some, one opinion says till midnight, one opinion says the whole night. So therefore, that would be much farther away, even if you live several more uh, you know, miles uh, away, uh, or you know, at least uh, a few more, a, few, a little bit more um, uh, away, you have another six or maybe even 12 hours so it'd be like, you know, 30 or 45 meal uh, uh, that a person, if they were that far away, would still need to go and they have to do Pesach Rishon. So actually, Rav Yudah is more machmir. Good. Rabbah has a question, a challenge to Ola. challenge to both of you. What's the challenge? It says, Ula, I have a challenge. You seem to contradict yourself. On the one hand, you call someone who's far away is, is defined as someone who cannot make it uh, during, uh, not make it to Jerusalem before the time of Shechita. So in other words, you think that someone has to be um, in Jerusalem during time of Shechita. He has to be present for Shechita in order to do Korban Pesach. And yet, you say regarding Tameh Sheret, someone who was, became impure, touched the dead right in the morning, and didn't go to the mikveh yet. And he can still send someone else to do the Korban before him. So even though he cannot do Shechita himself, it doesn't matter. He can have someone else do Shechita and Zirika for him. So therefore, it's only important that he be available 
at night during the time of eating, not during the time of Shechita. So that's a contradiction. On the one hand, you said he has to be available during time of Shechita in terms of the distance. And then you say he doesn't have to be um, uh, uh, fit during the time of Shechita. That's contradiction to you. For the Biuda, it's the opposite contradiction. Uh, it's uh, still a contradiction because he has the opposite view on both uh, in both contexts. So Rabiuda says, if you're far enough away that you cannot be there during the time of eating. So that means that he doesn't care. You don't have to be there during the time of Shechita. That's okay. You can send someone else during Shechita as long as you're there to eat it. So Shechita is not important for him to be there. And Rabiuda says someone who was and didn't go to the mikveh yet, it's okay. Uh, that person cannot do send someone to do Karban Pesach, meaning he has to be fit for Karban Pesach at the time of Shechita. And so that's a contradiction because here you said that he doesn't have to um, be there in terms of distance, but he does have to be there in terms of Tumah. So that was to deal with the, both of these contradictions. Amar le, Ola says, I, I can answer both of them. La ledidi kashya ve la derav Yehuda kashya. Ledidi la kashya derech rechoka la tahor. Ben derech rechoka la tamez. Not a problem for me. When it says derech rechoka, being far away, that's someone who falls far away and is tahor. That person needs to be there for the time of Shechita, right? Because he's Tahor. But that does not apply to Tameh. Someone who's Tameh can do um, uh, the Korban, right? These are two different categories. And so there's no need to compare them. Okay, regarding Tameh Sheretz, Rav Yudah says, the Torah specifically excluded that person because anyone who is Tameh la nefesh, and this person is Tameh. So even though, yeah, he could send someone, but he's, he's excluded, he's out, he does not need to do it. Maybe even he can't do it. That Torah was talking about someone that's Tameh nefesh, Tameh from corpse impurity. And we saw before an opinion that said that it's, it's referring to a case of someone who, uh, that was his last day. He was corpse impure, but this is the seventh day because he says, I, we can't eat it today, that, which implies they could eat it tomorrow. And yet, in that, in that case, uh, when those people came to Moshe Rabbeinu and said, you know, can we do it? Um, he says, no, you don't do it today, you do it next time. Even though, technically, they could become purified and do it at night. So you see, since it specifically excludes them, that case is equivalent to Tamesh who also could, could go to the mikveh and be available at night, but they don't have to. So since that Torah specifically excludes them, that's why. But other cases, like someone who is far away, uh, according to Rav Yudah, they don't have to be there during the time of Shechita. As long as they can make it to Jerusalem for the time of eating, they uh, are, are, are obligated to perform Pesach Rishon. Baruch Adonai Lola, Amen